Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. And welcome to Hagman. It is the Hagman Report for today. It's a Super Tuesday. It's a Super Tuesday, as opposed to the Super Thursday, which, you know, that's uh, something totally different in another realm, another sphere. I'm going to welcome you to, again, the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced. You know, I find one of our documents, our founding documents, Declaration of Independence, uh, I find it to be a fascinating document, don't you? I mean, I love this document. Um one of the things, as a matter of fact, uh, when you look at the Declaration of Independence, when you read the Declaration of Independence, which is the cornerstone of the founding of this country, what do you read? You read, perhaps, and arguably, uh, well, the second sentence of the first two sentences, but the second sentence specifically is perhaps and arguably one of the most best-known sentences in the English language. Did you know that? And let me read this for you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, who doesn't know that? Wait. Watch this. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Oh man, can you play that one more time? Can, can you just play that one more time? I got I got to hear this. You know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. It sounds like me after I have had too much coffee, or it sounds like me normally here. And he's running for president. You know the you know the thing. I love it, man. You can't make this up. You know the thing. Which thing? I don't know the you thing. Know the, you know the thing. We hold these truths to be self. God, I love it, man. What do you think of that? That's that's uh, crazy, Joe. Sleepy Joe. Creepy Joe. Biden. Oh, I got some Biden for you. You just you see. Here's the here's why I'm doing this or here's why you need to see this, is because, uh, look, the left, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? The left is just, they've gone nuts. Um, they, they really have. They've, it's, they're crazy. And I'm meeting, you know what? Here's the issue. I, I don't know about you people, but I'm meeting more and more people are saying, well, I can't, I can't vote for Trump. This, the, the, I can't vote for Trump. No, uh-uh. He he's offensive. I, I'm serious. I I don't. I, I'm meeting more. My next door neighbor. I got I got actually two different neighbors, close neighbors. And my, my, this is not to be confused with my neighbor who lives down the street. My old neighbor. <clears throat> One's a Hillary. Anything Hillary goes, you know. While he drinks his soy and wears Birkenstocks, but. Oh, you know, if he sees this, I'm going to give my house toilet paper or something, or worse. Uh, 
But the other neighbor said to me the other day, I can't vote for, I can't vote for Donald Trump. No way. Mm -mm. I said, why? Well, you know why? It's kind of like, you know, the thing, you know, the thing I can't. Oh, I got a lot of, we got, I just, I got a lot of information to cover and I want to thank you for joining me. Seriously. I, I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, I know I put Eric out. I really did. He he brought to the studio uh, Theo, and Theo is next to Lady. Theo is my favorite, and uh, he's a little uh, terrier. And he, he just you know we just we have a ball when he comes over. And uh, so I I actually I what I was supposed to do was send him the show prep, and I didn't do that. Instead, I was playing and 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 messing with Theo. And, you know, pretty soon he's like, hey, uh, you ever going to send me any show prep material? I thought, well, I guess I should. And hence, you know, so he's like uh, muttering under his breath and saying, oh, no. But you know what? No, seriously, he never does that. And I got to give him a lot of credit because I would be doing that. Just send me. Yeah, I'll give you the thing. I know somebody who talks like that, too. Um. And I'm sure you folks do too, right? You know, the, who are not coherent or are coherently challenged. What would be like me, right? Hey, can you give me that thing? Are you, hey, you know that thing? No, I, I don't. No. Oh, but that's Joe Biden. Hey, that's the best they got. Yeah, a couple of things. Um, uh, more Joe Biden, which is important because, again, this is reflective of the left, but getting serious now. Uh, some really interesting information. It looks like Hillary might be, Hillary Rodham, Diane Rodham, the Yak Clinton might be in trouble, or Hillary Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton, might be in trouble. Right? Uh, because Judicial Watch uh, was awarded a win. Yeah, she's got to give a deposition. Oh, poor her. That's coming up. Uh, in fact, Lou Dobbs talks with Tom Fitton about Hillary emails. Must give a deposition. Will it happen? I don't know. You know what I find very interesting, too? Uh, gun. Oh, by the way, that Hillary Clinton uh, deposition. You know, when Tom Fitton sued for the to, to get this deposition, you do know that Bill Barr and the Department of State, Donald Trump's Department of Justice and Department of State. Look, I don't, I don't know. You can't micromanage these agencies, but it's Bill Barr that sent his attorneys out to fight Tom Fitton, and it was the Department of State under Donald Trump that sent the attorneys out to fight Tom Fitton. Judge Royce Lambert, of course, saying, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, 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 nope." No, we're gonna we're gonna take care of this right here, right now, and uh, yeah, you are gonna be deposed. So that's a good thing. Today, of course, is Super Tuesday. Fourteen states, two territories vote in the presidential primary. Right now, in this, there are thirteen hundred and twenty delegates up for grabs, representing thirty four percent of all available delegates. Approximately forty percent of all Americans vote, American voters will be casting their votes today. At the end of the day. We're going to likely have an even better idea of whether the DNC will end up with a brokered convention. My guess is yes. Now, I've been to Las Vegas. I've bet the odds, and I've always lost. So, you know, I'm saying that. But, uh, you know, Sanders is hoping for at least 50% of the total available delegates. Sanders. And, and it's going to be interesting because what we have right now is, is socialism versus 
our, our way of life, socialism slash communism. And, and maybe communism should be used all of the time. Communism versus uh, capitalism versus the American way versus the Declaration of Independence versus the Constitution of, of the United States. But that's what we're seeing right now. And uh, now, uh, chances are they're going to the left. Uh, they're going to steal it from Sanders. I, I do suspect, like like last year. Uh, and you could you could say, well, you know, they didn't really steal it. There's a deal made, backroom smoky, backroom deal made. Perhaps that was the case. Uh, You've got Biden and you got Bloomberg out there. Bloomberg throwing all kinds of money in the in, in the uh, the effeminate uh, Bloomberg throwing all kinds of money at uh, at his campaign or into his campaign, and Biden out there just kind of being the uh, puppet of the puppet masters, the deep estate. The deep state wants, of course, Biden in there, and uh, then of course he can uh, rule from a nursing home or uh, you know legislature uh, uh, be, be president from. Uh, uh, whispering winds, uh, nursing home. So, um, there's, there's a, the Elizabeth Warren component to this in, in the votes, getting the votes. You know what? That's boring though, right? Talking about this is really boring. No one's going to listen to me talking about this. It's really boring, but, but understand there's, um, like in Alabama, there's an open primary, American Samoa. Don't forget to vote. If you're listening to, to me in American Samoa, and yes, yes, I know you are. Both of you in American Samoa, write me. I haven't gotten an email in a while from you guys. You guys all right? In California. All right. So, but it's fun. I mean, it's it's fun. It's uh, Super Thursday. I mean, Tuesday. Yeah, I keep making that mistake. And you're going to see that. You're going to see that. All right. Now, the uh, couple of things before we get going. You know, CPAC, I, I didn't go to CPAC. I want to tell you guys something. I, I know Jones, Alex Jones went to uh, CPAC, and I know Owen Schroyer went to CPAC. And I, you know, look, I, I, I like Sebastian Gorka. I really do. But he's starting to really piss me off. I don't know about you guys. But uh, hey, Sebastian, you know, last time we spoke, it was, in the, it was at the Capitol. I got to tell you something. You're really starting to hack me off, okay? The picture I got in my office, you and me, I'm going to take it down. Because don't don't be don't be reefing on Alex Jones and, and Owen Schroyer saying and and others saying, especially with that, saying that they're uh, basically this uh, uh, poison to the conservative movement. How dare you? How friggin' dare you? And if you're offended by this, if people listening to this, well, you know, there's not too much I can tell you. Except to say that, you know, I know these people. To some extent, I know them or know of them or have met them and spoken with them. And, uh, you know, this is one thing I've noticed, too, when you're around these people. They forget how to open car doors or even open doors to buildings when they become, you know, elevated in their minds. They stand there at the back of the car waiting for someone to open the door for them because apparently they forgot how to open the door. Did you ever notice that? I'll tell you how crazy the left is. Democrat, leftist, Gillibrand. Have you heard about this? Gillibrand claims pro-life bills take away religious freedom. Now, on what planet does that happen? 
What does late term infanticide have to do with religious freedom? You know, last week, this was last week now, you had, uh, you had a you had a Senate votes uh, you had a Senate vote to on legislation to ban late term infanticide or abortion as they call it and require basic medical medical care for abortion survivors. Uh, Kirsten Kirsten Gillibrand from New York chose this uh, very twisted logic, and I'm not even sure it's the logic, but the Senate voted 46, 40, or yeah fifty six to forty one in favor of the born alive. Abortion Survivors Protection Act. That's the name of the bill. Those aren't my words. It's just common sense, right? Uh, it'd be it'd be save the children, uh, save the uh, newly born children. But the again, the Senate voted fifty six to forty one, and you got to wonder about the forty one who voted against this bill. This would require abortionists to transfer infants who survive abortions to hospitals. In other words, provide basic medical care to these to, to the to the newly born but uh, failed aborted infants. Well, Gillibrand had this problem with that, as did forty other senators for crying out loud. Uh, you know, these these surviving children would be given the same degree of care as any wanted newborn. You, last week I played that abhorrent Twitter clip. If you didn't see it, I don't know I don't know what day it was, but you know it, it was just horrible. This the celebration of the killing of, of infants, unborn infants. Um it's just it's just really it it's it it speaks to the immorality in our country. And we're gonna you speaking about immorality, just hold the phone here because more is coming on that. But um, also the Senate voted 53 to 44 in favor of the pain-capable unborn child protection act. You think they could just say what this is? And this would ban most abortions starting at 20 weeks or five months. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen sonograms and such early? Stop it. And and my other favorite saying, what's wrong with you people? But this would ban most abortions of 20 weeks or five months into pregnancy. Uh, now, science indicates that at this point, preborn babies are capable of feeling pain, unless you, unless of course you celebrate the deaths. And, and you know, we we all saw that, and that's just ridiculous. But neither bill, and listen to this, neither bill passed as the Senate's current filibuster rules require 60 votes for most types of legislation. So they had the votes, but it didn't pass. And you got to wonder. You have to wonder what else is behind that. And I'll just leave that there. People have secrets, don't they? Think about that. Um, but Gillibrand, I just just to tell you this, she said that this is part of President Trump and Mitch McConnell's all-out assault on women. How in the hell is that? Explain that to me. You see, here's what we need to do. We need to stop pussyfooting around, and we need to start saying to these people, at least this is my view, 
that number one, abortion or infanticide is not the law of the land. It is anti-constitutional. Anti Therefore, Roe v. Wade is not the law of the land. Sure, you've got case precedent and statute and stuff like that. Now, this is not anything to do with the uh, uh, crazy, kooky, uh, soft citizens movements, that kind of thing. No, no, no. This is just this is morality. This is constitutional. And speaking of constitutional tomorrow, by the way, I'm going to have uh, Dr. Richard Proctor. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Kevin, very much for all of your hard work. But Dr. Richard Proctor uh, coming on the program for the entire show. We're going to talk about the Constitution. And, and you're going to, by the end of tomorrow, you are going to be, uh, your socks are going to be rolling up and down. That's right. That's why I wear those garters, socks garters. Did you ever see those? No, I'm not going to show them, Eric. That's all right. Um, but I'm telling you, it's going to be a great show. So anyway, but this is, uh, none of this is constitutional, obviously. But Gillibrand saying, look, they're trying to harm women. They're trying to take away our civil rights, uh, their civil rights, their human rights. What about the children? Okay, they're taking away religious freedom. No, they're not. They're taking away their, their moral freedom. Oh, really? Show me what's moral in that. Oh my goodness! You gotta, you gotta be out of your mind. Uh, Gillibrand, you might remember who she was a, briefly a presidential candidate for about five minutes. Planned Parenthood, uh, this has given her hundred percent, you know, all A's in terms of her voting record. You gotta wonder about people like this. I'm serious. You gotta wonder about people like this. Indeed. All right. Um, did you know? Oh. Uh, you know, there's a lot to do with Biden and guns, and I just want to veer off here. There's a lot to do. Biden's got a lot to do with guns, with 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 taking your guns away from you. Do we still have that? Uh, you remember, you know, what I'm talking about that clip that from last week. We still have that Biden clip about the the shotgun thing. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, I just thought of that. I just, I remembered that. In fact, go back to last week and you can just go through the programs. But but here, here's the thing. Uh, Biden is saying, look, you know what? I become president. I'm going to have Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, be in charge of the gun confiscation in the United States or the gun anti-Second Amendment movement. You know, those are not his words. Those are mine. But you get the idea, right? So let's let's see what's happening now because we haven't really talked about guns lately. We haven't talked about the Second Amendment. And guns are, I'm not talking about guns for hunting. I'm not talking about for personal protection, for sport. I'm talking about guns that we need to stop an uprising. That's right, our tyrannical government. And I'm going to tell you something. Yes, a pistol does it has its place against an army, against a tyrannical government. And yes, an AR and AK, they, they have their places against tyrannical governments. And yes, we can stop a tyrannical government given the given those armaments. But right now, and, and that's not the point, because right now when you start looking at the landscape across the country, you're seeing this, this uh, tide moving across all of the states, including and especially California, where, where the uh, Santa Clara County in California has announced a plan to implement a brand new task force to confiscate, task force to confiscate firearms from citizens who are not permitted to have them. This not permitted to have them as defined by their state law. 
or their state statute. Now, the Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office, and this is important for people to understand, they're teaming up with the county's board of supervisors for this project. And here, here's the scoop on this. Uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, Santa Clara County officials announced the possible formation of what they call a, listen to this, county gun team. Ooh. I wonder what the insurance rates on that would be. I'm not talking about the, for the county, I'm talking about the personal insurance, you know, life insurance for those members of the team. And I'm pro-law enforcement, but in this case, you've got... Uh, the sole purpose of this team, as announced, is to take away firearms from those people who should not have them. Well, who shouldn't have them? Now, now I, uh, this is one thing I agree. If you have a violent felon who's out but has a propensity for violence, yeah, you know, you might have to, and you might say, well, that's contrary to a, the Second Amendment. Well, now, is it? Um, is it, uh, look, I'm willing to, I'm not dogmatic about this, but I'm, I'm, that's more of a common sense approach. I, I think, I think the, uh, Darwin's approach would handle th that whole thing, but that aside, the officials in Santa Clara said that approximately 4,600 people are court ordered to turn in their guns. And that, of course, requires the formation of this this anti this county gun team, as they call it. Now, I would suspect among those forty six hundred people are some people that maybe didn't answer their PFAs or protection from abuse orders, or didn't, or or somehow were they got bad counsel? Maybe I don't know, but I, I don't. You know, forty six hundred. Well, okay, in, in one county, one county. One of the supervisors, Cindy Chavez, asked the county's board of supervisors to fund the new program. And guess how much they're asking for? Not enough, if you know what I mean. But $427,000 per year. And, and that's to cover the attorney and investigator expenses for this new team. Yeah. What about the medical expenses? And Chavez said that she hopes the task force would serve as a reminder to turn in, uh, and, and here's the key statement, to turn in troubled people with guns. Actually, she said troubling people with guns. Words mean things, right? What does that mean? Hmm? I think red flag gun laws too. And, and again, red flag gun laws, I know the intent in theory it sounds really good in theory maybe maybe it doesn't to you but you know to to uh, a lot of people it sounds good red, red flag gun laws uh, to a lot of people until they perhaps think it through and once you think it through then you understand wait a second we can't be doing this watch this watch this just watch what's happening here as this goes across the country. And you know what you know what I'm reminded of? I can't say yeah, I can. I'm reminded of a statement again in the litigation papers that says, well, you know, oh uh, you still have your guns. Obama didn't take your guns. America, you say we're not you're not under martial law. Uh, okay. Yep. <clears throat> Watch Santa Clara County. 
Now, one more thing. And, and this, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this one here. Uh, I, I want to do this. Uh, how many homicides do you think there are per year? Officially. Anyone guess? Anyone want to guess in, in, in the United States? Average homicides per year? You're, you're looking right about 16,000. Well, <clears throat> now, this is a subject near and dear to my heart. There are 30,000 deaths per year from fentanyl. And to the people who know this, maybe you don't know this, uh, just to clarify things, my I lost my son to fentanyl death, but not the way you think. It wasn't a heroin overdose. It wasn't anything like that. It was He was injected with 8.8 uh, uh, nanograms of uh, fentanyl, three times the lethal dose. That's right. Well, 30,000 a year are dying from fentanyl. And likely more from other drugs that are just simply laced with it. And what, by the way, one of those one of these days I will come out with a true story because I'm still I am still hot in uh, after individuals and there's still investigations taking place so uh, with respect to Joe but I'm I'm going to tell you this, okay, it's not it's not what it's not what I originally believed. It was something totally different. But the bottom line is the war on drugs is an abject failure. It is not. It's not being prosecuted properly. It's not being conducted properly. The wrong people are getting hurt. Legislators are not doctors. Doctors are being held uh, uh, to an unfair account. I spoke with a doctor a couple of weeks ago. And, and it's just not, it, you know, uh, who's just caught up in this, who's, who's having to answer to legislators. Look, they're not doctors and and you know what to the legislators who are withholding pain uh, medication from cancer patients you know what i want to do i want to tie like a, a, a uh, not a, a morphine tablet you know that whatever they take when end of life palliative care tie it to a fishing line and make you crawl across the floor for it at, at, at okay for those people making these laws who was keeping that are keeping pain medication from terminal cancer patients, or who are refusing to prescribe the pain medication from terminal cancer patients because well they could be addicted to become addicted to it. Really, that that that's your problem, right? That that's what you're thinking. It's ridiculous. The the war on drugs is just ridiculous. But the but 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 here, David Horowitz wrote about this, or Daniel Horowitz wrote about this. I'm sorry. Um, the uh, Senator Cotton has ad- introduced a bill, and this is what I've been chasing here locally too. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton has introduced a bill to treat fentanyl differently. As a matter of fact, to treat fentanyl and to treat fentanyl trafficking with the seriousness the crime deserves. And as a matter of fact, uh, he introduced the Zero Tolerance for Deceptive Fentanyl Trafficking Act. This is what he introduced. It would create a mandatory minimum of 20 years in prison for those convicted of dealing in fentanyl while misrepresenting it as something else. And the reason they do that is because it's so cheap and it comes from China. Well, it used to. Now, who knows, right? Generally speaking, it does. Now, those are broad brush statements. But here's the thing, too. Uh, If the offender has a a prior felony conviction, the most do, or is here illegally, listen to that, or is here illegally, Mm. He would get life in prison. 
and if the dealer intended to kill someone, and this is where I come in right now. If the dealer or that person intended to kill someone, guess what? With fentanyl and succeeded, they would get the death penalty. First degree murder. Senator Tom Cotton. But see, anytime you make this a law, something like this, it's going to get screwed up, I'm sure. But the but the intent is correct here. So here's what I'm what I'm uh, excited about. Forget the war on drugs. But if uh, if this passes, which is known as the zero tolerance for deceptive fentanyl trafficking, if this act passes, you get a mandatory minimum of 20 years in, in prison. So if you knowingly have fentanyl in your possession. And you, and you trade it off as something else, all right? You're going to get 20 years. You trade it off as something else and the person dies. Oh, boy, life in prison. But if you intentionally attempt to kill someone with it, or let me get the phrasing right here. If, if a dealer intends to kill someone with fentanyl and they succeed, well, guess what? Old Sparky's going to be warming up for you. If you're down in Florida, it's first degree murder. And uh, quite frankly, that's exactly what I experienced with, uh, in my family this, this past summer. There was intent. Or they, yeah, sue me. But that ties right in with, with, uh, that ties right in with the next uh, issue, and that's what we're seeing now with this illegal invasion. You'd think with the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, you'd think that our borders would be shut down, wouldn't you? You'd think that we would stop people from coming in here. you think that the left would at least have the sense, the brains to say, you know, maybe it's not the best time, Miguel, to be bringing in your nine kids and maybe now's not the right time. But, you know, here's, and this is near to my heart, too, because you have liberal federal judges. Who'd have thought? Where'd they come from? They're on the bench, and you know that they know that they can make law, and they can gum the works up so badly, and this is what's happening today. They can say, you know, no, 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 no. I'm going to tell you that this is what the law is. So go ahead and appeal. Well, okay. They they right now have this. Uh, well, they they can gum up the entire political system, all three branches of government, both political parties. Uh, you know, uh, they both political parties actually vest this power, this this unfettered power into these these federal judges. Well, regardless of the law, regardless of the Constitution. Uh, they can pass laws. They can, they, well, no, they can pass, no, I shouldn't say that, that bad, 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 bad. They can render an opinion difference and erroneously declare it to be the law of the land and people accept it. You've got these, uh, fascist judges see that that's to me that's fascism not donald trump that's fascism last week on the ninth circuit and here's what i'm getting at after illegally granting standing to illegal aliens who never entered our country 
the Ninth Circuit, they ruled that the they ruled that the Donald Trump administration cannot return bogus asylum seekers to Mexico. You saw that 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 video with Ocasio Cortez arguing with Tom Homan. Oh my goodness, you don't want to do that. Okay. Remember that last week? You saw you saw Tom Homan saying, you know, I was waiting for him to get up and just slap her. I really was. Believe me. As I said before, I've met him. I've talked to him. He's a nice guy. But man, you know, he's the only guy I, I go into it. As, hey, what do you want me to do? You want me to you, you shine your shoes? What? What? Don't hurt me. Nice to, nice to see you again, Mr. Holman. Don't hurt me. I'm serious. He's a nice guy. But he knows his stuff. But, but here's what we're talking about. The Ninth Circuit, which is out of control. This is even last week. Illegally granting standing to illegal aliens who never even enter our country, never step foot in our country. It ruled that the Donald Trump administration cannot return bogus asylum seekers to Mexico. And this, this was already a policy that was worked out with the president of Mexico and Donald Trump. This is exactly why the Supreme Court said in Matthews versus Diaz, Matthews versus Diaz, remember that case, write it down, write it down, write it down. This is clear back in 1976, probably before you were born, that the decisions in these matters in terms of immigration may implicate our relations with foreign powers and therefore these decisions are frequently of a character more appropriate to either the legislature or the executive instead of the judiciary. Matthew versus Diaz, 1976. Now, the Remain uh, in Mexico policy, and this, uh, this also by Daniel Horowitz, the Remain in Mexico policy is largely responsible for bringing monthly border numbers back down from uh, 140,000 to 35,000. Stated differently, to 35,000 from 140,000, if that sounds better to you. It, it works. And that was last summer when this policy was first implemented. The, the minute the court issued the ruling, and before it later agreed, it later agreed to a temporary stay, there was this rush on the border in El Paso to get under that ruling. Get, you know, and the danger of a mass migration, by the way, at our border during a global pandemic, if that is going to be declared a pandemic, you cannot even. You, you can't understate this, okay? Or over, I'm sorry, overstated. You know, the members, uh, Central American governments have already warned us that among the caravan members are people who are wanted for homicide in their home countries. Kidnapping, extortion, terrorism, MS-13 members, felons, they're Animals! 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 A cow. They're animals. Wrap your uh, wrap your arms around you know an MS-13 member. Show them your love. Show some love, right? This is what we're dealing with. You know, look. It, the reality of the situation is a judge has absolutely no power to demand that foreign nationals be brought into the country. But that's exactly what the Ninth Circuit is doing. Judges can grant relief to a plaintiff, if, but by vacating uh, by vacating a conviction, but they they can't just issue broad rulings like this. And, and this is so important to understand. So the invasion by litigation, what, what would you call this? Invasion by, uh, yeah, litigation invasion. Again, as titled by the Daniel Horowitz piece in Conservative Review, losing our border one lawsuit at a time. I'd urge you to, to 
I'd, I'd urge you to look at that. It'll be in the program description box at HagmanReportLive.com, not at YouTube. But by the way, do me a favor. If you like this program, please do me a favor. Subscribe on the YouTube. Uh, on YouTube, Subscribe. Because that messes with the algorithms and stuff, and it, 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 it puts us in a better position visibly. Okay? Um, but that's that. So it's just do me a favor if you don't mind and, and do that. All right. Remember I talking about, uh, by way. Oh, you know what? I, I want to do this before because this, this bothers me. I don't know about you, but this bothers me. We saw, we saw this last, we talked about this last week and, and we, we, oh, I don't know. You know, the drag queen stuff at, 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 uh, the libraries and places like that, right? twerking look i'm no prude okay but don't you dare i've got grandchildren and i'm going to tell you something you do this to my grandchildren i am coming after you god help you because i god help you i'm going to show you how far the left has assaulted our morality, our family values, you know, infanticide, Gillibrand saying, oh, pro-life means that you're, you're, what did she say? I want to get her right because it's so stupid. Pro-life is anti-religious freedom. That's, I, you know, I can't believe that, right? But, but think about this. You have a child and I want you to see this. Um, I guess no. This is a drag queen one. This I, I I pulled this one. This is a drag queen. Do you have that one? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You got wait a second. You got one from Let's Talk, Eric the Tech. How you doing? Doing good. Yeah. You mad at me? Nope. Yeah, you are. I could tell. Theo, uh, thanks for thanks for bringing Theo to the studio. I appreciate that. Yeah. Did you ever see Theo, folks? He's a, uh, well, he's a, I, I'm going to grab him and bring him up. I'm sure you've seen him. He's a, just a cute little pup. <clears throat> By the way, I'm teaching a lady how to, how to fall over when I go bang. She does it. She's almost there. Almost there. Anyway, Theo looks at that and says, don't shoot me, man. All right. Uh, yeah, let's play, uh, Oh, pick one. Surprise me. There's the solo morality here. I think there's a drag queen one and there's a, I don't know, twerking. But uh, this, uh, the first one I think I, I might have. There, here's why I want, I want to show this is because it, it contains some, one of these two videos. And I can't remember which one contains the parents. And that's the issue. That's the issue. So surprise me. Well, that's this one. And compliments to DC Shorts Daily Caller. Thank you. So the first thing you do is 
clap your hands and then you'll just follow my directions after that. Okay? Ready? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. I'm going to be doing some stomping and my feet. And your face really show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, say hooray. Hooray! If you're happy and you know it, say hooray. Hooray! If you're happy and you know it, and your face is show to show it. If you're happy and you know it, say hooray. Hooray! Alright, I'm going to try something that I have not tried before. And you guys <laughs> you guys know how good I am with mixing things up. But <laughs> um, we're going to try to do all three. Now, does anybody in this room know how to twerk? All in. <laughs> and then you just move your bum up and down like that, and that's twerking. All right, all right. Actually, it, it, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. I cannot take it. That's a, the first one contained that twerking thing, so you don't even have to. It's redundant. Um, wait, let me toss a scenario out there to you. You're in a you're in a hand to hand combat. There's two people, you and another person, hand-to-hand -hand combat. And uh, one of the people is getting uh, getting choked. Almost to the point of, uh, you know, tapping out and uh, permanently tapping out. What do you do? I know I kind of screwed that up a little bit. The answer is squeeze harder. Some people think, oh, you know, see, some people have that tendency to believe that they're the ones being choked. No, I'm going to tell you something. That's child abuse. I don't care. what That is child abuse. And every, that first video, you tell me those, if there is a guy in, in a father in, in that crowd, and I think, that, I think I saw one, I don't know. You tell me, I really want to know this. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with all of those people? That's child abuse. And every single one. And did you see that first video? And I'm not going to. Please don't. That first video where that woman on the left of the screen looked like a mom was, you know, dancing around thinking that it's okay. Again, let me repeat myself. What is wrong with you? Don't, I mean, don't make me I'm Come on let's, let's do this thing right now Let's get it on I'm ready, I don't know about you Are you ready? I'm ready I am beyond ready right now If, if, if this is okay with you Then What's wrong with you? And I know most people listening to this or watching this. If you're watching this program, you're saying, no, it's not okay with me. What's wrong with you, Doug? Yeah, you're, you quit yelling at me. You quit yelling. I'm, I'm, I'm unsubbing. Quit yelling. You're, you're yelling. I'm unsubbing. I don't know what to tell you. But see, this is the attack on our morality. And I remember Coach Dave saying this. Coach Dave Dobmeyer, CoachDaveLive.com. I remember him saying this. Doug, he said, uh, look, 
Burgerfell. We need to fight this because once they grab a hold of that, it's going to just spread into more perversions, and that's exactly what happened. Isn't that what we're seeing today? That's God bless you. Isn't that exactly what happened? That's exactly what happened. All right, but no. So look, there's not the left is on the attack, and here's why I put all this together. You got what? You got the attack against. Uh, where did I start? I don't know. Uh, the attack on life. The attack on the First Amendment, the attack on the Second Amendment, the attack on life. You got all these attacks. And what's the right doing? What are we doing? We're playing defense. We're catching incoming balls. Right? Isn't that what we're doing? Why? Let's have let's have pro-biblical marriage parades. Let's have Pro uh, life uh, demonstrations that would choke the the which would choke the anti life out of the uh, pro homicide movement. Whatever that means, I don't know. But let's do something, right? We've got to do something. But I'm coming at you. Do this to my. That's right. You do that to my grandkids, man. Oh goodness, is there going to be a scene? Eric, too. Eric's going, yeah, I'm I'm coming, too. You don't want to mess with him. All right. (laughs) Hillary's in trouble. Have you heard about this? Uh, We we can skip the uh, longer Biden bungle, bangle bungle thing. Really? Huh. Okay. All right. Thanks for letting me know about that. Uh, Hang on a second here. Yeah. Talk amongst yourselves, all right? Just a second. I got to get my papers together. Um, You'd think I would have done this before, right? I didn't. Well, I know what I'll do. I want to tell you about Audible. I want to tell you, have you heard about Audible? Audible, it's more than books. Audible, let me tell you something. Folks, if you haven't gone to audible.com slash Hagman, if you haven't done this, do it. If you haven't gone to Audible lately, do it. But specifically, go to audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Hagman. I am so excited about this. And you say, why? Why? Because Audible has books, audiobooks. But they've got more than that. Audible, as you know, they're the leading provider of the spoken word entertainment, uh, spoken word entertainment and audiobooks that, that range from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs to news, business, self development. And every month, members get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals. But do you know what? Audible members like me and hopefully like you and do this. We get access to Daily News Digest, Wall Street Journal, for example, Washington Post. If you if you want to read something that's fun and entertaining, as well as various other self improvement refer. I mean, anything you can think. Look, Audible is more than just books, and you know what I like about this. 
Audible, you can download titles and listen offline anywhere, anytime. You going on a trip in the car? You staying home for a long period of time? Huh? Download some titles. Listen anywhere, anytime, offline. Folks, the app is free. It can be installed on smartphones and tablets. You can listen across devices without losing your spot, and I like that. Oh, because I'll switch from one device to another. Why? Because I don't know what I'm doing, and it's easy. And if you can't decide what to listen to, don't worry. You can, you can keep your credits for up to a year. And then you can binge, for example, uh, binge on the whole series if you want. It's That's that fun. It's that great. All right. Now, I've got some personal favorites in, 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 in Audible. Um, you know my favorite authors. You do know my favorite authors. The, the one book I really I listened to, I got a lot out of, was Jerome Corsi's book on um, his story with respect to the Mueller and that, that whole situation. I, I mean, I, I listened to that solid. But, man, you can pick out from an array of titles. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Plus, podcasts. Oh, my goodness. The breadth of their collection. I, I mean, thousands of titles. Folks, Audible helps people get more stories and information through the gift of found time because we're all twisted on time. You can listen while you're driving, commuting, cooking, exercising, gardening, relaxing at home, doing whatever you might do. Did you know that a recent Pew study found that 27% of adults say they haven't read a single book in the past year? That's an increase from 2011 where 19% said the same thing. The lack of time is cited as the reason why. But I got the answer for you. Here's the deal. Real quick. Go to Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com, audible.com slash Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, audible.com slash Hagman, audible.com slash Hagman, two ends on Hagman. All right, please do that. Please do that. Do yourself a favor. Give yourself the gift of time on me, audible.com slash Hagman. I thank them for partnering up with us. All right, um, <clears throat> real quick here. I just want to mention that... Uh, Hillary Clinton, Lou Dobbs, Tom Fenton. Tom Fenton was on with Lou Dobbs yesterday. Did you see this? She's going to have to give a deposition. And I'm going to wrap up with this because I do believe now. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll stick that in the program description box, the link. Or you can just basically go to Judicial Watch and, and, and find it. I don't want to, uh, because we're, I'm running a short on time here. Here's one piece of information you're probably not going to hear anywhere else. The FISA authorization is expiring in 12 days, on the 15th. The Senate is scheduled to go into recess on March 13th. The Department of Justice, the Department of Justice and the FBI, uh, okay, at issue here very quickly, at issue is uh, there's a continuing resolution in the 2019 budget, or in the, I'm sorry, in the, in the upcoming budget, that involves a FISA renewal authority. Do you know what I'm talking about? The FISA court to, to renew FISA. Uh, the, uh, uh, there was a short-term extension 
to reauthorize FISA, the business records provision, the roving wiretap, uh, and other provisions. The bulk metadata provision, which is really controversial. All parts of the Patriot Act. The deadline for renewal is March 15th of this year. Mark Meadows tweeted tweeted about this. He said this, you're going to be hearing about March 15th over the next several days. It's when FISA expires. Congress should not renew FISA authority under any circumstances without major changes. First, to protect Americans from abuse, period. No changes equals no reauthorization. But guess who's coming in? AG Barr is requesting a clean FISA renewal with no reforms or revisions. Mitch McConnell and, of course, Lindsey Graham support the AG request as well. Thoughts, people? Thoughts? Anybody? Give me your thoughts. Man, let's renew it. Don't worry about it. Renew it clean, right? No revisions. And that, folks is troublesome. You're listening to the Hagman Report. HagmanStore.com. Buy some coffee. You'll be glad you did. Hey, check out what's on HagmanStore.com. We'll check out the notice on top. Gonna be right back. Stay right where you're at. And Theo and I would love to welcome you to Hagman. It's the Hagman Report where truth can't be silenced. This is Theo. This is Theo. Uh, I like to call him 007. He's the silent assassin. He looks cute, but, but let me tell you something. He's a killer. He is. All right, buddy. There you go. Go. Uh, he's visiting Lady of the Studio, dog. Pretty cool, huh? Thank you, Eric the Tech and... Uh, for bringing them. That's great. You know, I ended the last hour, and and I know that uh, sometimes we split these hours up, but I ended the last hour talking about the FISA Renewal Act, and I'm telling you right now, when you've got the Attorney General who's requesting a clean FISA, God bless you again, uh, requesting a clean FISA renewal with no reforms or revisions, you got uh, Lindsey Graham behind this as well. You've got Mitch McConnell behind this as well. Uh, Now, Who's requesting FISA reform? That's perhaps the more important thing to consider. You've got uh, Jim Jordan, who wants FISA reform. You've got Mark Meadows. You've got uh, Devin Nunes, Steve Scalise. And on the Senate side, you've got Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and Rand Paul saying, hey, we need this reform because what was the vehicle that was used to uh, attempt in, in the coup attempt against President Trump and the, the ongoing coup against President Trump. That's the FISA court system and the FISA process and the, th- the 302 and the metadata harvesting of the, uh, um, and the broad search criteria. That's still going to, given their desires, that's still going to be allowed. All right. So I'm going to tell you, it, this is not good. It's not good. And we need to do something about it. By the way, you know, coronavirus, you know, I'm going to get Stan's take on this. Stan's coming up here momentarily. I'm going to get his take on this. Just give me a shot when he's on. Oh, okay, good. Because I, you know, I want to I find out what he thinks of this. And uh, I, I'm telling you, uh, I'm concerned about this. Now, it, it doesn't have to, you know, Steve Quayle and I were talking about this earlier. It doesn't have to, to me, this is, no, this is me talking. It doesn't have to to be. It, it doesn't matter what the it is, the event is. Uh, although it does, but what we're seeing right now is 
the consequences of that event or that perceived event, the perception of the event in a lot of cases. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, you, with with the coronavirus, can we believe any numbers? I don't think so. Can we believe our government? No, because the government lies. Are there good people? Yes, but in general, the government lies. Can we believe China? Hell no. Can we believe North Korea? No. You know, you, you got the coronavirus? Come over here. Bang! You're dead. Okay. So um, that's the way they handle it. Uh, <laughs> we can perhaps believe South Korea. Uh, numbers there. And if the numbers from South Korea are indicative of, of worldwide numbers, then I think we have a problem. But we have a problem anyway because of the uh, the economic devastation that this, is already, that this is already causing. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm looking at this, I'm thinking, wait a minute. Even if this is nothing, or if this is just like a, uh, uh, and I'm not saying this is what it is, but I'm saying if, even if this was like the flu on steroids uh, or a bad case of the flu, it's already caused economic damage. So my question is, the timing and the location, because remember, trade agreement from China, isn't that timing interesting? What And more, okay? And the war, you know, the tariffs and stuff. So I'm looking at this, I'm just wondering, you know, what exactly is all, if you're not looking at the bigger picture, I don't think you're, you're getting the truth. So with that, I want to bring Stan Dale from standale.com. Stan Dale was off last week because of a computer issue. Now he's back, and it looks like he's running faster than ever. How are you doing, Stan? Very good, thank you. Um, the, um, the website, uh, the uh, server uh, that you recommended, the one that you use, that's uh, Simon's place over there at uh, Nitro, uh, it, it is amazing. Our, our website is responding so much quicker than it was before. It's just truly amazing. So thank you for that recommendation. And thanks, Simon. All right. Yeah, Nitro Host is uh, our hosting provider. And I got to tell you, Simon's a great guy. Folks, if you're looking for an ISP or someone to host your website, Nitro Host is the place to go. And I don't get paid for saying that. So, all right. Yeah, well, neither do I, but it's good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> all right. All right. So, yeah. I, I, so nothing's happened the last couple of weeks, right? Uh, no, no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of things happening. Um, let's see. I guess, uh, one of the first things we'll go to my show images page over at standeo.com right. and, uh, and the link there, it says show images page, um, and go to slide 42 A's. Uh, it, it, the, uh, I have three things that I put up after I finished putting up the website. And I thought, oh, goodness, I better put these in. So I put them down to the bottom so I didn't have to renumber everything. But 42A is a UFO sightings graph that I made from the uh, Davenport-type uh, data, you know, for UFO sightings. And if you click it up, you'll see a, a picture of, a, you know, the number of sightings. Uh, this is from uh, um, April of 2006 to, uh, to now, to February of 2020. And you'll see that there's a red line, which is the trend line, the average number of sites or sightings. And that red line, you'll see it peaking out at around 2014, third or fourth quarter. Um, now, using that same curve, we're noticing over on the right-hand side that from about uh, mid-2019, early 2019, um, that the graph of sightings is now going up at the actually at a steeper curve than we saw the, the one that made the, uh, the 2014 peak. There were three peaks between 2012 and 2014. Now, if it follows the same kind of a curve, you know, in the near future, then from 2012, sorry, 
from 2020 to 2022, I think it is, you'll see that um, the, uh, uh, the same curve will happen a lot quicker. So that we should see an increase in UFO sightings. Um, and uh, I think that what we're seeing, we'll go back over here to slide uh, 42B to the text, click on that. Now, Larry Taylor copied me uh, an email he got from Pastor Ian Taylor over in the Philippines. He says, hi, Brother Larry, meaning Larry Taylor, from um, um, uh, Pastor Ian Taylor. Um, and here's what it says. New UFO sightings this morning. Now, this is coming from uh, uh, Burgos, Philippines. Same time as usual, which probably was, I don't know, before this year or last year. He says, while it's taking the dogs out around 5 o'clock in the morning, clear dark night sky, no clouds, stars clearly visible. Saw a line of 35 or more small UFOs heading in a convoy line easterly. No sound and no navigation lights. I counted at least 35 from when the first one that I saw. This time I looked for the source. They were suddenly appearing from nowhere in a certain area of the sky and headed off to follow previous objects. Not large objects, just small orbs of light. Was this a portal? This portal was not far away from the portal into which UFOs were disappearing, into which I reported earlier this year. I also looked at where they were headed, and it appeared they were climbing higher, getting smaller as they headed east. When I reported my observation of a convoy of 40-plus UFOs in November 2019, they were headed, headed in a northerly direction and were some bigger UFOs at the head of the line. I have no idea if the first ones that I observed today were at the head of the line. There may have been others before I came out and the dog... And with the dog and looked up. Well, I guess that's all revealed in, in uh, God's time, just reporting what I saw. Maybe someone else will confirm this. Mm. Now, okay, uh, UFOs, lights in the sky. But I'm expecting to see a massive disclosure event across the planet of UFOs, or our friends, our alien friends, etc., to, to herald the beginning of the tribulation period in the Antichrist. I, I've said that many times in my uh, book, The Cosmic Conspiracy. Uh, let me just see here, slide 18. Let me just pull that up. Uh, right. If you go to slide 18, pull it up, you'll see part of my translation of Daniel from the Hebrew and the Chaldean to English. And you click on that and have a read of it later at your own time. But this is talking in Daniel about the arrival of um, a very strong alien, quote-unquote, God, who will support the Antichrist of this age and will crush underfoot anybody that opposes him. Anyway, it's, uh, I got some stuff from Enoch on that page and whatever. Of course, there's more in the book, but um, just go there and have a look at that uh, to, to see what I'm talking about, this UFO thing and why it's so important. I remember uh, reading about this, and we can still get copies of The Cosmic Conspiracy through your website, correct? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, get the, 20, the final edition, 2010. It's all I have left, and... That's the uh, the discussion I gave there in, in Daniel about looking for the great deception to, to be uh, the arrival of our UFO alien brothers. Now, strangely enough, um, I, I talked to um, uh, Hal Lindsey and his, uh, uh, oh, what do you call his news guy, uh, probably 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago even. And I said to him, look, you know, um, in Daniel it says blah, blah, blah. And uh, in my book, The Cosmic Conspiracy, I elaborate on that. And you might ought to look at this and, you know, tell people about the great deception being the aliens arriving. 
Well, they hemmed and hawed around, and no, no, look, it's no, we're not going to do that. Okay, fine. Last night, uh, sorry, Sunday night, um, we were watching the Hal Lindsey, you know, weekly broadcast on prophecy, and he was covering the Book of Revelation. And surprise, surprise, he comes out and says, "Okay, look, this great deception is now. You're going to laugh at this," he said, but. It's true. It's an alien landing deception. And then he started almost quote verbatim some of the things that I told his guys to talk about 10 to 12 years ago. So I'm glad to see he finally realized that and started telling people. Maybe he was afraid they would uh, not support his ministry if he started talking this alien nonsense. But it is as clear as the text that you can see there in English and Chaldean Hebrew. The alien deception is uh, in full swing now. It's been building for decades, and it's now coming to a head when the world is at the edge of nuclear war. So anyway, mm-hmm. thanks to, to Hal Lindsey for finally doing that. You know, I appreciate it. What got me in that, uh, in that email was the, the word portals too. Yes. A portal, you know. Well, look, um, you know, when um, Ezekiel saw his flaming chariot, it appeared in the sky, just like, you know, magic from a parallel dimension. And it was hot and smoking and flaming. And it came down and landed and had to cool off a bit. This happens when you have beings from the heavens where God dwells, punching through the veil that's, that separates our worlds into our virtual reality. It happens as, because their molecules are so energetic that they have to throw off the extra heat or their heat when they get down into our world, and it takes a while for them to cool off. Mm. Now, the thing that I'm, I'm, uh, I want to go to next is slide 56 related to this, and, and here's why. Um, slide 56 says the threat of nuclear war between U.S. and Russia is now at its greatest since 1983. Now, uh, there's a general there in the report. Let me see if I've got a uh, – um, uh, what's his name? Uh, okay, when the commander of NATO says he is a fan of flexible first strike, you know, hit Russia first, at the same time NATO is flexing its military muscle on Russia's border – the risk of inadvertent nuclear war is real, a clear and present danger, in other words. And uh, uh, the guy is U.S. Air Force General Todd D. Walters. Um, you can read that article yourself on your own time. But the, the thing is, is, we're at the point where we're threatened with a global nuclear war. If something like this starts or the first shots are fired, whether by NATO, Russia, or whoever – and, and that, uh, to me, what I see happening is when something like that is there in a clear and present danger of a global pandemic from uh, coronavirus, which we can talk about in a minute if you want to, when all that is coming to a head and our world economy is in you know, serious jeopardy, I see the need for someone to solve Earth's problems. Sure. And uh, you know, we have the, the major war between Islam and Christianity of sorts. Uh, you know, the Crusades are still you know, being fought now. All these things are crisis curves that I've, I've warned about, you know, earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, you know, earth changes and, and this kind of stuff, weather changes, which we're seeing now. All these things will make people at a, at a grassroots level demand or cry out for help to someone to solve the problem. And the, they are part of the problem that, that people are in, in essence, that they support their own religious and financial and uh, political structures. And they're going to have to have something unite them something to make them overlook their differences in, in culture and money and whatever and form a global effort to solve the planet. And they need someone to arrive on the scene with no political, no religious you know, uh, connections at all. 
And that can only be someone from allegedly off the planet from a place where everything is peaceful, love, and harmony. And this is the great deception. We are at the doorstep of the beginning of the great tribulation. We mm -hmm. really are. You just, I'm not saying what day, what month, but we are, we are so close that I can just feel it. You know, between the, between what it seems like a, a pandemic, that's my word now, not, not anyone, um, with the coronavirus and, uh, the Z1 virus, the, the, uh, hemorrhagic fever in, in the Congo, that rearing ugly, ugly head again, the, um, uh, the effects of that, the, the economic effects, uh, the locusts, my goodness. I mean, uh, so we, we have locusts, we got a plague. It seems like we're right there, right? I mean. Yeah, this is almost like reading from, you know, the Exodus, uh, you know, the plagues yeah. that hit uh, Egypt. Um, yeah, it's. Fires, oh. and, uh, I mean, volcanoes, earthquakes. It's, uh, it's interesting to see, too, the media use the word biblical. And I said this last week. They don't, they don't classify this as Quranic or, you know, from the Quran. It's biblical. And, and I mm. agree it's biblical. But, yeah, and, and I tend to agree with what you're saying. I think that we, I think tribulation is, is here. I don't know where we are, but it's, it's close. Here. Yeah. Mm. If, if not the edge of it already, I don't know. Yeah. I, do, I do know that, uh, just a brief uh, statement here about the rapture. That, uh, as far as I can tell from what Paul said to the Thessalonians, he said, don't panic. You haven't been left behind. The rapture will not occur until the Antichrist, you know, until, until before the Antichrist is revealed. So, in other words, if you haven't seen the Antichrist revealed, we're not there at the point where you need to be raptured out to safety. So, whenever that is. Now, um, uh, having said that, the uh, situation does does point to the fact that uh, we need that global government to, to form. And so, yeah. I, when you say we need the global government to form, you're not advocating that. You're saying that's what's needed for, for the end, uh, end scenario. It is. It is. And, and let's face it, to, to be perfectly straightforward about this, we are a, a planet of humans. And there should be a way to unify us. Now, I know that it's going to only happen when we have Jesus Christ as the ruler of the planet and, and, the, and the architect of the planet. He knows how everything works, you know, uh, in the, the physical environment, in the political, religion. He knows everything and can bring everything into harmony. So we need him. Right. A, a world government by mankind is going to be fraught with danger and, and chaos from the very start because it will be prejudicial by the world leader and his advisors whether it be religious or, you know, economic or just pure power, whatever. So I, I know that we need to have harmony in the whole planet, everybody, you know, uh, recognized and, and friendly, but that can only happen under a world government by Jesus. And we know that's coming, but we've got to suffer some hurt first. People got to re realize that and want his help. I, I don't know how I can stress that any harder, but. No, that's, that's about yeah. right. Coronavirus. Just a brief mention here, I may have told you my brother's a surgeon, and uh, we've talked back and forth as this coronavirus started to become more prominent. And he said, you know, basically, uh, everything you do to try to protect yourself from being exposed to it 
is not going to be foolproof. He said the masks leak. If you've got a face hair, it'll come underneath the mask. And, you know, you may forget and touch something and not use a spray deodorant, but you should you spray deodorant, a spray disinfectant. <laughs> Go away, coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you may you may use these sprays at Lysol and uh, with a dilute solution of Clorox and things like that, but you're still probably going to be exposed somewhere. So assume that you will be exposed, and what what can you do to uh, to mitigate the situation? He said start now, and he he gave me a couple of links uh, onto Amazon for a very uh, concentrated form of of vitamin D three in a sublingual you know put it on the tongue tablet. And uh, also vitamin C, sublingual. And then another one is uh, iron or folate. Those three things will boost your immune system rapidly. Like with vitamin C, you need 2,000 to 4,000 milligrams a day. Right. So if you, you, if you prepare yourself health-wise to fight off this thing, you will probably uh, be able to survive it. You uh, will maybe still be sick like with the flu, but you'll get through it. Uh, so if you're curious about that... Um, Let's see. Well, anyway, go on to, to um, Amazon and look for uh, vitamin D3 sublingual, you know, uh, 2,000 milligram or something like that. And uh, also for folate or iron sublingual tablets and take those daily. Holly and I have stocked up and we're doing it now. So all I'm saying is you're probably going to be exposed one way or another. So, and, and that's what I, I want to say this. Uh, uh, we have Ted Brower from Health Masters on and his son, Austin, and they've got nutritional supplements and, and they recommend uh, D3 or what is it? D3, K2 combination and vitamin C uh, through their immune uh, kit. Uh, right. You know, so yeah, I, I believe, I mean, I really believe the D3, K2 combination. Uh, now, some. There was a caution in there uh, from somebody. Did your brother talk about uh, the possibility of hardening of the arteries or, or arterial plaque from D3 at all? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I didn't, didn't ask him about it, but uh, what, did, what did they say? Or, uh, maybe it was, no, I'm sorry, that was calcium. N- never mind. Um, oh, okay. I, I'm, 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 I th- I'm getting my supplements mixed up, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I believe. But anyway. No, but uh, high no. doses of D3 need the K2. To avoid uh, that, right? Yeah. Okay. You'll get sick. Yeah. Oh, okay. K two. Yeah. All right. Yeah. K squared, right? No, it's K two, but yeah, it's <laughs> D three and K two. You're right, though. You know, that's what we can do because I, I, I kind of was chuckling uh, when I was watching some of the videos of people with masks. I mean, no one more. No one's. We. I mean, that, that you might as well save them for the first responders because they're not using them correctly. Um, you know, they're not. They're not making a. Or the, 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 it's just it's it's driving me nuts. Um, the facial hair, like you said, uh, the um, touching the exterior of the mask and then wiping the eyes, for example. Yeah, it's just not right. So anyway, you're right. Yeah, there are just so many ways that they can be vectored to you that uh, you you got to look at the final analysis and just assume that you're going to get exposed. So get your health in order as best you can. Um, you know, I don't know how long this germ, this virus will linger on surfaces and in areas where you might be exposed to it. After the major, you know, exposure time to the world is dying down, like, say, during the summer, does it start to, to, to you know, not be as prevalent and uh, very few cases reported and that kind of stuff. So, as I say, you could be surprised. You might think you got through this uh, virus season uh, with the 
COVID uh, virus, but you know. Do, do you any, think? I, I mean, uh, Stan. I mean, I, I I can't remember if we've talked at length about this, and I apologize. But is this? Um, what do you think about this? Uh, do you think that we are looking at something worse than the Spanish flu that killed what uh, five or half a billion people, uh, five hundred million people back in nineteen eighteen, or through the uh, uh, teens of the of the nineteen hundreds and sickened you know eighty percent of the population? Well, remember back then that even though you know Europe uh, and the United States at that time were semi. Uh, developed and sanitation was somewhat, uh, you know, at, at a acceptable level, but still people didn't wash their hands a lot, you know, and people sneezed and didn't think about it. Uh, this this time, what is happening will hit the the populations that are in uh, bad sanitation, you know, uh, like certainly a lot of the Chinese uh, peasants and things like that. The the, the poor class are not you know, not practicing good hygiene. I mean, they'll, you know, I, I don't need to get into that, but you can look it yeah. up on the internet and see. And then you look into India at the poorer class people. I think that this virus has the potential to run through the poorer classes because of poor hygiene across the planet. And we may see, you know, uh, half a billion people die out of 7 billion that we've got. Uh, maybe not that much, but enough so in the press that what's going to happen is people will cry out for somebody figure out a solution to this virus, you know, save us. It's just one of those threat curves I was talking about, driving people into wanting a world government and someone's authority to, you know, protect them so they can have peace and safety and good mm -hmm. health. So it's headed that way. It'll, it'll be that way in the press, whether we kill, you know, a hundred million or, or a million. You, you kind of nudged me back into that, that thought process that you were that you were uh, talking about it, it was uh, okay so i see where you're i see what you're saying here all of these things are working toward that one goal or one objective and that's to to produce that savior the false counterfeit savior right yeah yep yep okay. wow um mm. now let's see here i guess a number of things i want to look at um Okay, we covered. Oh, yeah. Um, I just thought I would remind you on slide 42C, um, we're giving away uh, 10 Garden Gold electronic books for this gardening season. And why? Because uh, we want you to be able to grow your own vegetables, should the vegetables, fresh vegetables in your stores, like say at Walmart or whatever, be compromised with the virus. Uh, you know, there's no sense in exposing yourself, you know, to this unless you have to. Wash your vegetables if you do get them at the these stores, and maybe spray them with a, you know, an antiseptic of some sort, and wash that off so that you don't get exposed because of that. But there you see our second giveaway, and it's just to help people to try to mitigate the the exposure to this virus and anything else that might be coming out as far as biological agents in the the coming months. So mm. go to there, and uh, it tells you how to, how to send me an email, and I'll put you in the free draw. You know, for, for ten of them. That's great. Okay, so folks, take advantage of that. Uh, enter the second giveaway for 2020, Garden Gold. By the way, what a gold, um, golden uh, resource that is. So thank you for doing that. That's really nice. Yeah, Holly and I sat and talked about it because we've been we're starting to sprout seeds inside now. Then before we move them out into the garden, 
and spring is coming earlier this year. Hence, so will summer. But right. um, hey, you know, how, how long does seeds last? Uh, if you can answer that question for me, generally speaking, if if I had took seeds, um, if I had seeds for five years and stored them in a cool, you know, dark environment or a cool environment, that you know, um, are they good or no? Yeah, yeah, they, they they can be. I mean, they've even dug up um, seeds uh, for the hops that the Egyptians used to to feed their you know, beer to their workers and found live DNA in that. But uh, as far that's as past the expir- expiration date, but okay, yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. Right. So uh, what we do with ours is we uh, pack them in a double uh, bag, you know, plastic sealable bag, and uh, put them in the freezer. And uh, uh, we've been sprouting stuff from gosh, I don't know, three or four years ago now. So and when the and look at the world's safe. You know, for seeds, they have them all in deep freeze. You know, for well, I guess a million seeds that they've got in there, million types of seeds, and they put them in uh, in freezer storage for that reason that you can really, you know, keep them for decades. Oh, that's true. I forgot that. So, yeah. Okay. Properly stored, they will they will certainly germinate like that again. One of the other problems we have uh, with uh, seed germination with plant growth uh, started a year or two ago is that the suns. UV spectrum is uh, it's, it's changed and it's confusing the bees, for instance, that pollinate. Uh, they they navigate by the UV light onto the the plants, and knowing where to go to you know get their pollen. And because of this, uh, you know, plant uh, germination, you may have to do it manually with a little Q-tip or something like that to spread the pollen you know along your your tomato vine uh, flowers and things like that. I've even been accused uh, and righteously so of uh, you know, stroking my uh, uh, corn seeds, you know, and, and causing the pollen to drop down and, uh, you know, pollinate the corn because it, it wasn't being done by the bees. And so, you know, Holly laughs and says, oh, he's out pollinating the corn. But, um, yeah, yeah, well, it's true. But, uh, you know, uh, this indicates something is wrong uh, with the growing cycle and with the sun sunlight affecting the bees. And then after you even pollinate them, like last year, we had stunted growth in our or uh, tomato plants and uh, uh, watermelons just wouldn't wouldn't uh, take off. I mean, they germinated. I went out there and, and pollinated them, but they they grew stunted. So I'm not sure how good it's going to be this year, but we're going to try, uh, assuming that the, everything will let it grow to a full type plant mm. or plants. But anyway, a lot of these things you can you can mitigate with uh, just you know Q-tips and with watching the sunlight, maybe putting a shade cloth over it a bit to help not cook the plants. With, all that kind of stuff. It's in the, the Garden Gold uh, book anyway. It's an electronic book. And remember, folks, please, uh, folks, enter into the giveaway. And if, if you, unfortunately, if you don't win, certainly uh, grab yourself a copy, buy a copy. It's it's really a great book. It's a great resource. Garden Gold, Holly Dale, there it is on your screen. Go to standale.com. That's standale.com. And if you go to the show images, images page, it's on the, uh, it's on slide 42. Or see. 42C. 42C. Thank yeah. you. All right. Okay. Now, speaking of food, you know, I, I found this over in Israel in slide 47, and uh, immediately all of you Star Trek fans would be saying, wow, it's the food replicator or the replicator on Starship Enterprise. And and look at this. They've got a, a 3D printer. You know, it's a, a printer that prints protein, uh, and, and the, you can push a button in this thing. And it generates the lettuce, the false, you know, the vegan meat without having to kill any animals or whatever, and bread. And look at the picture of that. 
Can you imagine sitting down and say, well, let's see, what will I have for dinner? Push the button. It's just like Star Trek. I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by this. Yeah, no, wait a second. No. No. No? No. You think I'm kidding you, hey? What, what am I looking says, at here? A printer? Working, it's a printer. It's like it, we have a printer, uh, printers, uh, plural, in the world today that will build um, resin or plastic or metal objects from your 3D CAD CAM drawing. Okay. So what this does, it's a finer head that uses a, a, a basic protein, uh, but they can have coloring and texture change on it. The, they produce plant-based beef with approximate appearance, texture, and mouthfeel of cattle meat. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, oh, the cost of- this is just of, wrong, man. This is just wrong. I, there's- Seriously, man. Okay. Okay. Look, look, I have to admit, if I had to go out and kill the, the, this doe-eyed cow out the back uh, for the meat, I'd find it very hard to do. I'm just, you know, unless I was absolutely starving and there's just no other way, you know, I, I hate to take life. And mm -hmm. uh, this does not take life. It's, this takes this, um, this kind of protein. Uh, and Let me see if I can find it here while I'm talking to you. This kind of protein. And, you know, forms it into these different uh, textures and appearances. You know, they can add uh, color and things like that as well. And it takes a lot less, you know, resources to do that because it takes 20,000 liters or about um, 5,000 gallons of water and 20,000 uh, uh, grams or like 20 kilograms of feed to produce one kilogram of meat. You know, one kilogram, which is about, you know, like two pounds of meat. And if you look at a cow weighing 800 pounds, you multiply that by 400. So with water being so precious and getting more so with food production down, you know, and more so because of the demand by just, you know, uh, humans and other things that are increasing in number, something like this would be quite good to the environment. Um, the, uh, Stan, I'll kill a cow for you. No, I'm serious, man. I mean, it, it, uh, you're printing out a sandwich, you're printing out your meat, you're printing out, well, I guess it's the geek in me. I just find that incredible. You know, what a cool concept to coming to life from Star Trek. Well, yeah, but <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. If I saw that working, I'd, I'd probably yeah. call a priest or rabbi and then an exorcist. And I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, look, um, years ago, I was telling people that there is a technology where you can Put a resin fluid, like, and look at, at slide 46. Uh, just click on the picture, and, and so it zooms up. And, and you can see here a picture of a uh, another 3D printer that's using just normal resin molecules to reproduce in solid form a picture of uh, the thinking man. You know, I think it's Rodin's thinking man. Now, uh, I talked years ago, even in my uh, classes over at uh, when I was teaching at Curtin University, West Australia, I said, you can take this fluid, this resin, and you can focus two laser beams at a particular point in this fluid. And where the two beams meet, it will fuse the, 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 the liquid into a solid uh, piece of resin, you know, a solid uh, plastic or whatever. Right. It's, it's a two-beam thing where the beams cross, they, they heat up that point, and it becomes solid. And this is what this system is now using. You know, uh, uh, as I say, we talked about this in, in uh, development papers, what, like 25 years ago. So here it is, and uh, 
uh, you can it's a lot faster than what it was in the original prototypes years ago but it just you know zoom 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 and you see it forming in the middle this is happening right here you know in this fluid that we're looking at um and that wow. you don't have to eat eat that that is just like um you know, Star Trek spare parts. We we need a new injector core for the you know whatever, and uh, so you go and replicate it like this from a, a computer digital file. Um, slide forty eight also goes over to uh, future mate technologies. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, but that's all right. No, I, it's, it's seriously um, okay. That's forty eight. You said right. Yeah, uh, forty eight yeah. and fifty one. All of those are all part of the. Um, the efforts to get away from using resources to um, produce our meat and other things. It's a slaughter-free meat, they call it. Oh, man. Like I said, Stan, I'll, I'll come over and slaughter your cow for you. Or a cow for you. <laughs> uh, I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I I know. I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but, man, mm, don't, don't know. Well, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, hey. Okay, um, slides 43 through 45 are talking about this uh, little miniature moon uh, that they've discovered orbiting the Earth. It's been there for about three years, and it's, it's captured into our orbit. And it's, it's a small thing, you know, a few meters, a few yards across. But um, it's called 2020 CD3, and it's temporarily a moon. Uh, it, uh, it joined us, you know, from the the strays out there, the smaller chunks of debris that follow, uh, you know, the orbits of um, comets and things like that. And eventually some of them are small enough and close enough that they do orbit the earth. Um, let me see here if I, yeah. Uh, eight meters, four meters. Uh, uh, it, it's tiny, but you can see it with a telescope. Uh, yeah, it's between six and 12 feet in diameter. They're not exactly sure whether, you know, it's a potato shape or what, but anyway, We've gained this temporary moon. And then uh, slide 45, uh, it, it would appear that this phenomenon is fairly common. We just don't always track these small objects around us. I don't understand why, because, uh, you know, if it's trapped in orbit, maybe they think, well, we're not going to worry about that as impacting the Earth. But, you know, uh, slide 45 shows a fireball over the sky in Australia. And they think that it may have been one of these many moons that fell into the Earth. Now, even though it not, might not be coming in at uh, 30,000 miles an hour or something, it's still going to be coming in hot enough to, to bring fire and destruction when it hits. Maybe not as big as a direct asteroid impact, but um, just something to consider. I can, I can just imagine sitting on your back porch and looking up and seeing that coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, another thing I want to discuss uh, uh, is the... Authenticity, you know, the correct historical values put into the Bible, especially in Genesis, about the creation of Earth. In slide 47, scientists off the coast, found off the coast of West Australia, three billion years ago, Earth may have been covered in water, a, a, a proverbial water world without any continents separating the oceans. Now, if you go to Genesis 1-1 to 1-4, you can click on that little here location down at the bottom in the text. It says, Genesis 1-1, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Okay, and then you know, there's some other things there. It goes down, it goes down. Uh, Genesis 1-9, actually, it is. 
And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. So there was a water world before the dry land occurred, you know, in the creation of the earth. So this just proves that the Bible is correct. Isn't that incredible? I I just, you know, I I want to share that with people because I'm finding things in Genesis myself that from time to time, like the Garden of Eden, you know, and uh, and the discussion of where the— uh, Genesis 6 6, where the fallen ones, you know, uh, mated with our women and created, you know, monsters, you know, uh, that was Atlantis. All these things, you know, we're now being able to prove. And I, I just find it impossible for me to realize that people still won't believe the Bible. Just It's just there. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. And I've seen an increase of people calling, um, the Bible, you know, and, I, and this has always been this way, but it's it's on the rise. You know, the fairy tale book or a, a magical book or your Christian religion is just a, um, a myth and you're believing. It, it's, it amazes me that we have a book that's authenticated, a— um, you know that's already been it's it's already been authenticated essentially, but um, how can how can anyone question the, the Bible, the accuracy of the Bible? I just don't get it. I, I don't. I don't it's know. It's like it's like they're deluded. I mean, yeah. a strange, uh, all pervading delusion. Maybe um, to believe the Bible would mean they have to curtail some of the things that they would normally do or think that really aren't the best for them or the world. Um, yeah, they get they get too used to their their luxuries in life, you know, and perversions, I guess, in some cases, but mm. they just don't want to believe. It's not important to them. It doesn't affect their lattes or whatever. I, I, I just, I can't understand it. And you've done such great work, by the way, on the Finding the Garden of Eden. Folks, join uh, Stan's Patreon. Become a Patreon member of Stan and Holly Dale. I, first of all, they deserve your support. They deserve it. And second of all, there's a lot of great information on uh, their Patreon uh, site, and that's Stan Dale, Stan and Holly Dale, but standdale.com. And then um, actually on the show images page, it's it's on the it's slide 61. Wait a minute. Is it slide 61? So it's on the show images page. Yeah, at the top left. Right. Oh. There it is. I can't. Yeah. I need glasses yeah. or something. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Oh, there it is on your screen. You bet. So. Um, Okay, now the next thing I want to talk about is slide 52, which, you know, the Democrats are pushing uh, various forms of um, uh, climate change, mitigating that, and, and, and resources depletion. Uh, they, they worry that we're using too many things to make energy, for one thing. They're saying like a single electric car battery weighs 1,000 pounds, but making one... Uh, and, uh, you know, digging up the resources and moving the resources and, and refining them and processing them takes 500,000 pounds of raw material somewhere on the planet just to make a single electric car battery. Okay. And then in, in this article, building one wind turbine requires 900 tons, you know, like um, uh, a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very 25, significant uh, term. Yeah, 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 a lot, L-O-T, yeah. Uh, 2,500 tons of concrete and 45 tons of non-recyclable plastic just to make one wind turbine. And the other metals used in it, uh, like uh, silver and indium, uh, it it will jump 250% and 1,200% respectively over the next couple of decades to provide materials necessary to build the number of solar panels. 
you know, you know that this is uh, another way collecting solar energy. Now, I, I understand a way around that. Uh, my partner, Tim, and I have you know, worked on this uh, before we've worked on the MP Shield. Um, and it's still on our back burner, but uh, there's a way to use energy with a minimum number of resources you know, being required. Uh, yet the, gov- the, the, the Democrats uh, in their, their proposals are saying, look, it's easy to solve. We'll just you know, make a, a million uh, you know, uh, wind farms you know, and uh, provide electricity without coal and that kind of stuff. But the downside of it is the resources and energy necessary to to create and maintain these wind farms or solar panels to, uh, farms. Excuse me. Mm. Um, anyway, th- this is just the madness. They, 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 it's like what AOC was saying. Okay, we'll build. You know, we'll we'll take a train over to Hawaii uh, across the ocean. Uh, tracks don't work well on water. They don't. <laughs> they don't think about all this stuff. Anyway, uh, you can't fix stupid. Thank you. (laughs) Very true. Uh, there are, there are, look, I'm not saying there aren't uh, some climate change uh, threats to us. Um, the uh, slide 49, I I pulled that up. The Antarctic peninsula is setting heat records now, uh, and these won't stand long. They'll be even hotter. Yeah. I think in the time of Columbus somewhere around there that the, the South Pole, Antarctica, may have been well uh, uncovered without all the ice on it, because those, like the Pierre Reese maps, they show Antarctica without the the ice on it. Uh, experts uh, seem to uh, expect to see more extreme uh, warming or heating events, uh, not only in Antarctica but across the planet. And this should be raising alarm bells about the future of the world's largest frozen landmass. You can click on the text and go to the article, and. Uh, you can see the details of it from uh, National Geographic, who reported this. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So part of, part of the changing weather. Holly just reminded me in today's news on our, our, our homepage that she updates that 21 people so far in Tennessee have been killed by a tornado. Yeah. You know. It's. Uh, oh yes. You know. Uh, yeah, and Think- our hearts go out to those people in prayers for them. Uh, what, what a devastating tornado. Nashville, central uh, Tennessee. And we, we've got a lot of listeners in that area, so uh, you know, our, our, we're praying for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It, it just, you know, those places are aware of tornadoes and things like that, but for some reason, this one slipped under the, the radar, you know, or under the wire, whatever, and surprised a lot of people that weren't prepared for it, and I don't know why. But it is sad. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah. sad. Yeah, I, I, I saw that uh, earlier this morning, and I, uh, apparently the death, they're expecting that to rise. Uh, when I first saw it, it was like six people that were confirmed dead, and now, yeah, it's, wow. Well, yeah. Now, there's another slide there uh, on slide 53, uh, right next to that, if you go to that one. And this is an interesting one in that the, uh, Rabbi David Rosen arrived in Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to participate in an interfaith meeting in Saudi Arabia. Now, he's the first Jewish clergyman from Israel to be hosted by the king of Saudi Arabia in his uh, Riyadh royal palace. So they're looking at interfaith, you know, uh, Jewish, Christian, uh, Islam, you know, Muslim uh, meeting of all these leaders there in Riyadh. And it just kind of tells me that that Saudi Arabia is trying to be in, and is in the forefront of bringing, you know, peace by bringing all these different uh, 
uh, isms together to form a one-worldism in, in line with what the Pope has been trying to do with Islam. Um, again, you know, it's kind of diluting, you know, the message in the Bible for Christians and Jews and, uh, you know, into these, uh, you know, global interfaith super religion that they're trying to make across the planet. It's just another thing that tells us we are very close to seeing some sort of a world government and a world religion, world economy forming to fulfill biblical prophecy. We are just so close. I I agree with you on that. And and I, and I also, when I look at that, I think back to the Arab spring and the um, engineering of the Arab spring to shift the shift, the power in the middle East. And I just see, see that that was like a, or I believe that was a, a, paving the way for what we're seeing today, which is paving the way and preparing for what you're talking about. And that's the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, the ultimate end time scenario. So, hmm. Yeah. And uh, on another issue, wasn't Turkey uh, part of the, um, let's see, the Roman Empire? I think it would have been the, uh, well, it might have been right in the middle of the east and west legs of the Roman Empire. Wasn't Turkey at one time there? You're asking me, huh? Um I think so. I think so because I was watching Hal Lindsey on this thing this weekend about the Antichrist being from the people that destroyed the temple in Israel, which is Roman. Right. Roman Empire. Yeah. And, and of course, Nebuchadnezzar's dream that Daniel interpreted in the end of the, the last age, they're showing two legs of the Roman Empire with five toes and each of them representing, you know, sub countries within the revived Roman Empire. So how can the Antichrist be, you know, from Saudi Arabia? Well, maybe he's not. I looked into Turkey, and I see that they have a, a, a plethora of people that have the name Solomon or, or Soleimani, uh, and they revere you know, Solomon uh, as a great prophet and that kind of stuff there from the, the, the Islamic side of their, their faith. So the, I think it's a, the head of the or interior minister for Turkey. I think his last name is a derivative of Solomon as well. So maybe he will come to power and be the one and— the, my thought about uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, Prince bin Salman may be off. I don't know. I mean, but but what he's doing certainly playing into the 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 the, uh, the structure of the Antichrist and the world government. And he, or Saudi Arabia and Turkey, are at odds with each other. So I I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. You you know I'm flexible on this kind of stuff, and I know we won't know who the Antichrist is. Uh, the Christians that will be taken out of here before the Antichrist is revealed. Well, okay. Um, I still kind of poke around to say that these are the things to look for if you're still here when the world government forms. This is foretold. Anyway, it's yeah. just a. It, this is an investigation in progress. You know, for the way I look at it, as you lay this out, you know, it, it's um, it's it's an investigation that's evolving. So, and, and it's adapting to the various times and events. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know. Uh, Israel is at the forefront of developing, you know, medical discoveries and solutions and medicines and with technology. Uh, and one of the things that I uh, found quite interesting was in slide 54. It's called the uh, Comorant. And it's a remote robotic, um, kind of like a helicopter with propulsion jets and stuff. You can see the picture of it there. Uh, let me see if I put that in there. If you click on the picture, it'll show you a close-up picture of the thing uh, it should carry up to a thousand pounds, up to twenty miles at a hundred miles an hour, and it's you can remote control it, so they can send this thing into tight 
places. You know, if you click the text, you can get the article into tight places uh, in wartime and in, in peacetime to rescue people like off the edge of a, you know, a burning building or something like that. And they, they fly it up there and uh, it opens up and you can put people inside of it, three or four people and pull them to safety. Uh, which is just, you know, it's another thing to help. It's not so much a, as a military uh, weapon. Right. It's, it's, to, it's to rescue the soldiers and troops and people uh, in small areas where you can't get normal craft in. It's a tactical robot. And uh, okay. Bo- Boeing is going to help develop it if they haven't already done it uh, using the, the fan craft technology that you see in the back of it there, those, those housings with the circles and the props back there. I don't know why that reminds me of that uh, back in the 60s. I don't know if you remember this. Back in the 60s, they built a car that actually uh, was a boat, too. It was a car. It looked like oh, a yeah. car. You remember that? And the, yeah, I did. I uh, did, yeah. Um, I think they only sold like uh, a small amount, but it, it was a hassle because after you used it as a boat, you had to uh, relube everything. And uh, But, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, it just remind me of that. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, what's that guy over? Um, oh, in California, that for years he's had this this company going. Um, uh, tip of my tongue, where he actually is making a flying car. Oh, uh, um, yes, that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I've I've talked with his engineering department stuff about using some of their fans for a, an aircraft uh, that that I'm designing as well, and uh, so you know we discussed a lot of things about it, and even with a perfect working you know, flying car that he's developed and with something like three or four redundant computer systems in it to take care of it. So it doesn't crash. It can't get, you know, you can't, you can't let people drive it unless they have a driving license for for this flying car. Because can you, can you imagine, I mean, they've got breathalyzers in it and stuff so that you can't run it if you're drunk, but I don't know, there might be other things that might cause somebody, the pilot of this flying car to fall into your living room from a great height and uh, kill you by accident. So it's, it's a great idea, except the, the people driving it are the problem, you know, and how do you get license for that? You know, from, from Washington, it's a, wow. It's sad. I mean, they've done so much work and made such a wonderful product and, and proven it in tests and showing people. Um, anyway, yeah. Sad. It gives a whole new meaning to like DUI. Um, I, I, I that, <laughs> no, I shouldn't even kid about that, but you're right. I mean, it's, um yeah fly dui <laughs> yeah fly dui airlines yeah yeah, yeah. uh wow AWI. yeah okay now last thing here i see we're running up to the edge here and actually we, we've got because of the we because of the glitch we, we got about uh eight minutes so we're okay oh do we yeah. all right well go to slide 50 and it's it's an example of uh, things that you can get at the Smithsonian. Now, they just sent me a link to it today, so I was just really blown away. Uh, in slide 50, it's showing the 1903 uh, Wright Brothers' first powered, you know, heavier-than-air craft. And uh, if you uh, look at, there's another thing that says, uh, oh, where are you? You're, are you on the link? Which one did you go to? Okay, you haven't clicked any of the links in the text yet, have you? No, that's just the picture. Okay, you'll see one that's down at the bottom says click here, here in capital yellow letters down at the bottom. Click there uh, just to see inside the Smithsonian what the, the reconstructed Wright Brothers aircraft looks like. This is the beginning of the space age, believe it or not. Isn't that beautiful? That is. And you, you know, it was definitely, you know, 
you made it home and that kind of stuff, fabric and well done it is. And you see Orville there or his dummy there laying out and how they, they controlled it, which was quite interesting. When you look at the sticks, you just a piece of wood and a little wire here and there to hit, handle the rudders and things with his feet. Um, <laughs> wow. Mar- marvelous piece of work. Now, under slide 50, in the top part of it, uh, it says C3D rotation. Click on that, uh, Eric, if you can click on that. C3D. Okay, there it is. Yep. Okay. Now, it'll take a second for it to load up, but uh, even while it's doing that, put your cursor and, and click it in that that picture of the plane that's coming up. Uh, if you got that yet, Eric, have you, have you, can you see it yet? Yeah, it's just loading right now. So Okay. Well, you can... Click with your mouse on it and move it in 3D all the way around to, to look at how it was built. Uh, wow. And then you, you can use your, uh, like your dial ring to zoom in and out, uh, move your, your, your mouse ring or whatever you've got. Or, uh, uh, let's see how you can do it on the thing. But you can zoom right in close to it. Um, and you can use the little double arrows to make it full screen. It's just magnificent piece of technology. And you can see it close up almost down to the, the nuts and bolts level of the, the motor there. It's just really, really a high-resolution image. Okay, and let me just yeah. get that. Uh, yeah, there you go. You can, now you can move it around and get right into the engine over there in the, the front part of it there. Yeah. Now, this is only one of, of, of a lot of... Um, 3D programs, you know, 3D imageries and, and, and interactive things. Uh, and I'm just now clicking on the videos to see. Uh, they've got, let's see here. Yeah, Apollo 11 command module and 3D documentation. You can get inside of it and move it around like that. Um, I'm just trying to find where I'm uh, egress. Uh, trying to get the videos. Uh, let me see what the collections are here. Right. Uh, electricity and magnetism is uh, collections. You can see the 3D models they've got in that uh, and bones of skeletons of dinosaurs and things like that. Uh, it's just, a great resource. Oh, look, I, I, you know, I just got it today and I've been exploring it you know, before we went to air. And what a wonderful tool this is. You're almost there, you know, moving around inside these images of you know, maybe blue and white ceramics from the Chinese, you know, various periods of the Chinese or, you know, uh, fossils. Uh, just wow. Wow. Good stuff. Anyway, the, the Smithsonian Institute is a really great educational resource. And these are now free. You don't have to be a member. They can just go in there and free view all these things, which is it's called open access. And I think this is just a wonderful, a wonderful tool for people to to learn about things as though they were there. You, you can't touch it or smell it or feel it, you know, in other words, but you can see how things are made. And um, yeah, there you go. There's another one. That's, that's command module there. Yeah. You know, I, I saw that at the Smithsonian. Um, I, I, I just, it amazes me how, wow. I mean, we, 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 this thing went through space and I, I don't know. It's just, uh, it just blew my mind. Um, I know uh, when it, the first one was brought back into NASA in Houston, um, I had a, a uh, an access pass through one of my in-laws to get into the the base. And I went into the restricted area where this was, actually, what you're seeing there. And uh, it was within, you know, two feet of it. 
and uh, only secure people, you know, with the passes and the press allowed in, but uh, nobody noticed I didn't have that kind of a clearance. And so I got to get in there and actually touch it and see this piece of wondrous technology that brought them back here. Well, okay. I, I saw a capsule. What did I see at the Smithsonian, a, a, a space capsule? Or am I, I, am I dreaming? Oh, I'm sure they must have had something there. They've got all kinds of stuff there. Um, if you go to the Explore uh, link on that page, I, we, we were looking at the 3D thing. Explore the, the museum or, you know, 3D objects. Right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you can see a blue crab. Uh, you can see uh, a telegraph key, a chair, uh, the, the Bell X1 that broke the sound barrier with Chuck mm -hmm. Yeager, the hatch of the, of the crew hatch of the Apollo 11 that blows off. I'm sure they must have the rest of the stuff like for the whole uh, you know, module, but uh, they've just done such a marvelous job of bringing it into your grasp. And for children and stuff, it's just a huge, huge resource. You don't have to fly there to see it. You can just do it there online. So I, I couldn't yeah. recommend it more as an educational tool. I mean, I'm, I'm just finding wow. it's amazing. And, and parents who do homeschooling, look at that. What a resource that, that is. So that's really yeah. great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fabulous. So, Anyway, I've, yeah, I'll close that off and go back to the page All here. Right. So. All right. There we go. Okay. Now, I think I've covered most of the topics there. I'm just going down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're good there. So, yeah, I, I, yeah go on. I just want to remind people, EMP Shield, uh, folks, hey, look, EMP, uh, threats from EMP, obviously still front and center. EMP Shield, um, you can... Use coupon code Hagman for a fifty dollars discount, and uh, you can support this show. But uh, EMP Shield, there it is on your and, screen. And also, Doug, uh, uh, when they're looking at that fifty dollars discount you're offering there, um, they um, if you hit it on days that we have a sale, like if they've got a ten percent off sale anyway, you can still use your coupon code on top of that. Which can be, you know, up to with the fifty dollar discount, up to maybe ninety or hundred dollars, depending on what unit you're looking at. So just look for our sales going over there whenever, you know, clicking that EMP news update and uh, the EMP Shield thing. Okay, um, EMPShield.com is the website. EMPShield.com coupon code Hagman for. Uh, I'm telling you what, it, it's a lot. That's really nice of you to, to add that savings. You're going to be giving them away pretty soon. I mean, my goodness. Uh, well, not entirely, but yeah, we, we, we do do that. Uh, it's a public service. Understand that we, uh, th this is the civilian uh, EMP shield, but our company also is working hand in glove with the White House and the Defense Department on protecting the nation. So, Oh, you know what? I got an email about that. I, I wanted to ask you, or I'm supposed to ask you about that. Are, are we um, any closer through your efforts to hardening the, the infrastructure? Through, again, this is a question. It had to do with your efforts. Are we any closer? Um, I'll ask that, and then I'll ask the larger question. Are we any closer to hardening uh, our infrastructure, period, against EMP threats? Yes. Okay. A lot of stuff is being done behind the scenes, and I'm sure you understand why, because the Internet and the news services would tell our enemies, you know, what our weaknesses, our strengths are. But I guarantee you in the last 12 months, like heaven and earth has been moved behind the scenes. Uh, President Trump is a very knowledgeable and uh, efficient leader, in my opinion, because of the actions he's taking to support those who would bring him down anyway, like in the Democratic nutcases. But mm. in spite of that, we're, we're doing things. And 
there, there are tests, live tests that have been done, a lot of infrastructure that nobody knew about. So, yeah, we're doing our best. Good to know. I appreciate that. All right. Wow. Fantastic. Well, brother, yeah. we're, we're about out of time. Um, anything else going you, Are you, have any appearances upcoming or anything you want to, you want to promote uh, in this? Interview? Hey, look, my only appearances are, you know, in the mornings when Holly grabs me by the, the hair and says, time to get up, you know, come, I got news to tell you. She can't wait. She gets up at four and does all the news collection stuff. And of course now by about four hours later, when I'm thinking about waking up, uh, she's sitting there waiting. She's got all this list of things, did you know, and whatever. And, you know, I get the news kind of in a shotgun blast in the morning and my eyes are still trying to open up and the coffee hasn't even reached my tongue yet. And, but it's fun. <laughs> oh, please wait. Yeah. I do that to my wife too. Sometimes, uh, in, in the morning she'll, you know, she'll sleep in and get up and then I just, Hey, listen to this. And. She's like, you know, let me get up. Let me wake up. But uh, yeah, are you an early riser? Are you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I early riser. I, yeah. Yeah. Three, uh, well, four, uh, five. I'm like, Holly, yeah. I, 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 she can call Holly can call me. I, I'm, I'm up, you know, um, <laughs> I'll tell her that. <laughs> sure. Hey, we'll, we'll talk over news and stuff, but uh, yeah, Lord. it's, uh, I, I like to get a jump on things early in the morning. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, a good match for you and a good match for me. Yeah, there you but, go. Uh, I love it because she's just like a little kid kind of, I got to tell you a secret, you know, it's the news, this, this, and that. And so That's I always right. look forward to mornings. It's kind of a, a surprise time. That's, it's, you know, we married up. That's for sure. You and I. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. All right, my friend, are we about out? We're out. We're, that's about it, brother. That's about it. All right. Lord All right. bless you guys. Have a good night. You too. All right. That was Standale. You know, folks, Standale, what a great guy. Uh, Standale.com is his website, D-E-Y-O, Standale.com. And EMPShield.com, that's EMPShield.com as well. You know, one thing, uh, I just, I, I have a minute here. I guess I was off by a minute or so. Um, the, the, I want to go back to the coronavirus because I really didn't talk too much about that today. You know, it, it's, it's, again, it's the issue of, oh, empshield.com. Use a promo code Hagman for uh, how much? $50 off? Uh, $50 off. empshield.com, $50 off. But I didn't talk about the coronavirus. Uh, there's a couple of doctors, one top U.S. doctor right now, uh, saying that uh, this, this, although an outbreak now, possibly a, a, a pandemic, using the P word. And... Um, Bear in mind that uh, the transmission of this airborne transmission, you don't have to be close to the person, six feet away. Uh, really, there's no definitive uh, idea of how long this lasts on surfaces. I mean, there's a lot to this. Meanwhile, New York, they're monitoring 83 people who are self-quarantined in Long Island, on Long Island for the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, telling you this there's stuff going on here that we really need to pay attention to but i want to thank you so very much for your support and thank you for so much for tuning in i did i do hope you enjoyed today's program uh i want to wish everyone a very very blessed evening and you know what god's got this there should be no fear in the land god's got this but uh prepare nonetheless have a good night